Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. July 12 edition of PFTOT is 13 days away from the triumphant or otherwise return of PFT Live on Peacock, Sirius XM85, Sky Sports, etc., etc., etc. Baker Mayfield making his official debut as a member of the Panthers, a multimedia assault on the senses. A little written article from Darren Gant, a little sit down with their in house video team, a little press conference. And it never gets any better than it does on the way in the door. It's never going to be any better between Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers than it is right now. Easy to say all the right things right now. You throw in some adversity. You shake gently or more than gently as you lose a few games and you see what happens. Very easy on the way in the door to say, for example, Sam Donald and I are going to push each other to be better. Very easy to say when Baker Mayfield is presumably the starter. What if Baker Mayfield's presence pushes Sam Donald to be better than he's ever been? What if Sam Donald wins the job? What if the $5 million investment in Baker Mayfield has the unintended effect of turning Sam Darnold into the guy that he was supposed to be? He was supposed to be the first pick in the 2018 draft, not Baker Mayfield until we got closer to the draft and it settled down. But Darnold was three and Mayfield was one, and it's easy to say the right things for now. When the competition starts, if it goes sideways for Mayfield, that's when things may not be as great as they are today. And I'm not rooting for that. I love some chaos. I like good stories. I like intriguing content. And yeah, it would be a good story if the unexpected happens. It's always a good story when the unexpected happens. We like a good twist. That's a hell of a plot twist. The Panthers go out to get Baker Mayfield, and it awakens the beast that has been lying dormant within Sam Darnold. That would be a hell of a plot twist. And then, how does Baker Mayfield deal with it? So my point is this. There's no reason for any dysfunction now. And... There's no reason to think that Sam Darnold is suddenly going to become the best possible version of himself and it's going to be better than Baker Mayfield. They went out and got Mayfield after they saw what Darnold did last year and after they witnessed how he handled himself in the team's offseason program. If they thought that they were sitting on a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold, they wouldn't have gone after Baker Mayfield. So now we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if adversity, if competition, 
if any type of unwelcome development causes Baker Mayfield to revert to the guy that we saw from time to time in Cleveland, a little surly, a little truculent with the media. Has he changed? Has he matured? Has he taken to heart the lessons learned in Cleveland or in his mind, are they wrong and he's right? It reminds me a little bit of what happened with Carson Wentz last year. Gets thrown out of Philly, finds safe harbor with a family member in Indy, in Frank Reich, and is able to say, it wasn't me, it was them. They were wrong. I was right. I'm not changing. I'm going to keep being who I am. Now, this year, Carson Wentz would be wise to realize it was him, and he better turn it around or he's going to be out of the NFL. Where's Baker Mayfield on the overall maturity scale? How seriously is he taking the criticism from his time in Cleveland? And what will happen when things inevitably go a little sideways? They're not going to go 17 and 0. Watch, now they're going to go 17 and 0. They're not going to go 17 and 0. They're going to lose a game. There's going to be a win that maybe doesn't go as well like the Lions game last year when Baker Mayfield didn't talk to the media, even though the team won the game. He didn't have a good game. Surly about that. Surly about a lot of things. And that surliness can propel him. It can be a key ingredient in being the best player you can be. But at the same time, you got to learn how to turn it off. And part of it is maturing. Look, the brain isn't fully developed until you're 25, 26 years old. You're capable of changing and growing, learning from your mistakes. We'll see. First, he's got to admit that he made mistakes in Cleveland. He may have emerged from his Cleveland experience thinking they were crazy. I was sane. I'm going to keep behaving the way I always have. Plenty of Steelers fans think it's crazy that the powers that be have made an eight-figure money grab for naming rights to what was Heinz Field for 21 years and is now Acrisure. And we did a very unscientific poll, but I don't care what the margin of error is. When it comes in 97 to three on the question of, had you heard of Acrisure before today? And the no is 97% and yes is 3%. That's a pretty good indication that most people hadn't heard of Acrisure. I know I hadn't. I'm surprised it was three. That's why Acrisure did it. That's why they're paying the money. There have been times over the years where there's a company we hadn't heard of, and then all of a sudden they spend a load of money to inject themselves into the public consciousness, and it works. We become aware of them based upon advertising. Advertising works. I saw somebody tweet something a couple of weeks ago about Long John Silver's from back in the day in the 70s. I think it was the Super 70s sports account. And I had a craving for Long John Silver's for like three days. It finally went away. I don't have any desire to, sorry, I don't want to blow my Long John Silver sponsorship. I mean, hey, Long John Silver's, if we want to do some business, I, 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 your fish is good. I just don't know how healthy it is at this stage in my life or at any stage in my life, but it is damn good. Bottom line, advertising works. Acrisure, we know about Acrisure. We're aware of it. That's why they're paying more than $10, $10 million per year. And as I said yesterday, 
No fault in the Steelers getting maximum pay for a superficial reality. What are we going to call the stadium? Steelers fans are upset for more than $10 million a year. The Steelers will gladly ignore your complaints. And that money goes in the pot with everything else. And I know it's not going to make a huge difference, but the point is they're not leaving meat on the bone. They're not shrugging at it. They're not going to continue to do a hometown discount with Heinz Field, even though Heinz isn't in Pittsburgh anymore. It's one of the reasons why Heinz is out. I just thought it was going to be UPMC or one of the other local companies that would do some sort of a sweetheart deal. No, they grabbed the money and they've legitimized a company that 97% of the people who responded on our Twitter poll had never heard of mission accomplished for AccraSure. The Washington football team, now known as the commander. See, it's taking me months to quit calling them the Washington football team. I was able to distance from the name that needed to go. Then it became Washington football team. Now it's Washington commanders. They're celebrating their 90th anniversary this year. The commanders who have never played a game as an NFL team are celebrating their 90 year anniversary. Good luck figuring that one out. They have begun the process of putting together their 90 greatest players in light of the fact that it's the 90 year anniversary. And apparently they already have 80 locked in. They're adding 10 more. And there's a controversy because in the ballot that was made available for fan voting, both RG3 and Trent Williams were left out. And I didn't think it was a big deal. Look, dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. But when you consider that Griffin had a rocky tenure there, that he was going to write an explosive tell-all about sexual harassment that he's aware of, either he experienced it or witnessed it while playing for the commanders, and Trent Williams, who clearly should have been on the ballot, one of the premier left tackles in the NFL for years, but he had some sort of an issue, medical issue, mishandled by doctors, and, and had a bad ending, a bad separation with the Washington franchise. The fact that those two guys were left off makes it harder for me to buy the fact that it's different now. Please don't talk about the past. It's different now. Look at this change we made. Look at that change we made. Look at this change we made. Look at that change we made. We're different now. We'd appreciate it if you don't talk about the stuff that we did in the past. Oh, you can talk about our Super Bowl championships. Don't talk about the stuff that we don't want you to talk about. Please only talk about the stuff we'd like you to talk about. That comes from the top of the organization. And the reality is, until the top of the organization changes, Everything else is cosmetic. Until Daniel Snyder no longer has any presence, any say, any influence, I'm going to assume that anything that happens that seems weird, I'm going to assume, it's going to be my opinion, that it is a reflection of what he wanted. He didn't want, in my opinion, RG3 or Trent Williams to be included in that list, so they weren't. Some way, somehow, his fingerprints are on it. I'm going to assume that anything that happens that makes you say, same old commanders, it's coming from the top until the top changes. And I don't know when the top is gonna to change. We've talked about this before. I think the league is afraid of him. I think the league doesn't wanna fight him. I think the league is worried about what other dirty laundry he could air out as to other owners. And I think the league is just hoping that someone else will take care of the problem for them. Until then, anytime, any place, anyhow, anything happens that makes you say, that's Washington. What you should be saying is, that's Dan.
Dan Snyder, Mr. Snyder to you and me and the rest of his peons. I thought it was interesting yesterday that the Walmart conglomerate, the multiple family members who are in the process of buying the Denver Broncos added Condoleezza Rice as a member of the ownership group. This is something that we're gonna see the NFL be more active in promoting. It's gonna be a feather in the cap to get approval. It's gonna be a feather in the cap to be viewed favorably. The NFL wants to increase minority involvement in the ownership of teams. Now, it's very difficult to be the one who has the resources to buy the team. There's been talk about possible relaxation of the ownership rules to allow for someone like a Byron Allen, who probably didn't have the resources and who fell off fairly quickly when he was trying to buy the Denver Broncos. But the next best thing is to shave off a percentage and allow minority ownership that way. And for folks who have realistic aspirations of eventually having enough money to be the controlling owner of a team, once you get through the door as a minority owner, it becomes a lot easier. All you need is the money. That's the hard part. The easy part is you're already in the club. The hard part is getting the money necessary to be the controlling owner of a team. But I think it's an encouraging development. It shows that the NFL is trying to inject diversity into the ranks of ownership in the hopes that that will lead to greater diversity elsewhere. More diversity of ownership means more diversity necessarily in key positions in the organization. Football positions, not team president, GM, head coach. That the problem that resulted in the Brian Flores litigation is only going to be solved if there is true diversity in ownership, and you have to start somewhere. It's going to take a while to have true diversity among the controlling owners. So why not encourage and cultivate diversity among the limited partners who own pieces of NFL teams? I think it's a smart move. And I also wanted to mention it because Condoleezza Rice is forever linked to the NFL, given the fact that there was a report from Shefty that Condoleezza Rice was under consideration to be the Browns head coach. Remember that? And I don't know how many of you are aware of the rest of the story. I may have mentioned it at some point on PFTPM. I ran it by the PFT writers yesterday. Shireen was aware of it. Miles hadn't heard it. So my understanding of what happened with that report was that John Dorsey, who was the GM of the Browns at the time, was trying to smoke out a rat. And this is what teams will do from time to time. They will leak to specific people in the organization who are suspected of being those who blab to reporters a false piece of information and wait and see what happens. And the idea that the Browns were considering Condoleezza Rice to be the coach of the team was a deliberate falsehood leaked to someone who was suspected of being a rat and it got out and it was a Sunday splash report. So that does happen from time to time. And reporters need to be careful about that. They need to have a pretty good sense of when it may be something that that isn't the truth. It may be something else is going on here. But one of the things to be aware of is the possibility, especially if there's someone that you keep going to in the organization that keeps giving you stuff and you know it's aggravating the powers that be. At some point, there may be a loose, disorganized effort to try to figure out who it is that's talking. And it's very easy to do. 
false information leaked to the people that you think may be the culprit. And if you only leak it to one person who you think is leaking to reporters, that's how you find out because that's the only way it gets out. All right, we're going to get out of here. But before we do, let's see what questions we have today. Have not viewed these in advance. Let me see here. PFT Pam Posse wants to know that with the negative reaction to the new name for Heinz Field, is it possible that AcraSure could pull the plug on this so they aren't associated with so much negativity? It's feeling like not the best way to spend 10 million of your yearly marketing budget. No, there has been a blowback. And look, they'll justify it however they have to, because whoever made the decision within the company isn't going to stand up and say, we really screwed that one up. Oh, this is exactly what we wanted. Brand awareness. No such thing as bad publicity. Doesn't matter that all the Steelers fans are saying, God, that is a horrible name. They'll get used to it. Let's just get through this phase. They'll get used to it. It'll be like anything else. Acrisure, Acrisure. You hear it enough times. Acrisure, Acrisure. You just get used to it. You got no choice. It's just the name of the stadium where the Steelers play. People will grow accustomed to it. It's still the Steelers. So, and besides, they signed a contract. You don't just show up and say, hey, how about I give you $10 million a year to put my name on your stadium? All right, fine. Let's shake on it. No, there's going to be a contract they can't get away from. And the Steelers aren't going to let them get away from it, especially now that the Steelers have taken the hit. I mean, I, again, I don't think the Steelers care. They, they're smart enough to know what was going to happen. You remove the name Heinz Field, iconic, and you call it Acrisure Stadium. They knew. They made a business decision. They're not going to unmake the business decision. This isn't going to be like New Coke that goes away, although the whole New Coke thing, I think, was part of the broader con anyway. I doubt the Steelers are going next level here and temporarily aligning with Acrisure so they can ride in on their own white horse and say Heinz Field is back. I don't think that's what's happening here. This is a money grab, plain and simple. And now that the Steelers have grabbed the money, they're not going to let Acrisure wiggle out from under it. Arizona, UK, are we getting close to a deal for Kyler Murray? We've heard nothing. We've heard nothing, but that doesn't mean they're not working toward making it happen. You know, a lot of times what will occur is, especially when there's been some ugliness in the media, some back and forth, that's maybe unfortunate for everyone, mutual understanding, we're just going to, we're going to give it a rest here. We're going to stop. We're not going to say anything more. Gentlemen's agreement, no more talking. Let's just focus on getting a deal done. You really shouldn't take that much time. Now, the problem is getting the two sides to agree on a value. What's the value? Where does Kyler Murray land in that range? 50 million to 30 million. Top 10 quarterbacks, 50 to 30. Where does he land? That's going to be the challenge. But I think that both sides are very motivated to get done before training camp starts. And if it doesn't, I think what we see with Kyler Murray is a hold in like TJ Watt last year. Shows up, participates in meetings, goes through all the mental aspects of getting ready for the season, but does not set foot on the field until he gets his contract and look how it worked out for TJ Watt. He got the contract and he had a spectacular season in 2021. Clever moniker 11. If the NFL finds the Texans did something wrong with Deshaun Watson, what kind of punishment consequences could they face? What's the worst case scenario? I, first of all, you have to believe that the NFL cares. That the NFL is going to do something about it. Is the NFL going to take a story that's already dominated the NFL news cycle for 15 months and make it even bigger by going after the Texans for failing to nip this thing in the bud when they had the chance. You know, a lot of times I think that the NFL looks the other way 
on violations of the rules because it doesn't want the controversy that comes from it. It doesn't want to have to stand up and say to the world, look at this corruption among our 32 franchises. Hey, we found another team that is doing something it shouldn't have done. There's another team doing something it shouldn't have done. How about that team over there doing something it shouldn't have done? At a certain point, you reach a critical mass, and that's when Congress doesn't just do a drive-by for the commanders. It shows up permanently, and it's determined to regulate everything about you because it comes to the conclusion that it's not just one or two teams. Everybody is doing something they shouldn't be doing. And some would say that in the NFL, at some level, every team is doing something it shouldn't be doing, but there isn't the enforcement mechanism in place to expose it or the will to do so because of where it possibly could lead. Another one from Arizona, UK, without an agent, can Lamar Jackson's contract be anything other than team friendly? No, it can't. Look, the Ravens can go so far the other way to create a contract that insulates Lamar Jackson from any criticism and the team from any criticism. See, that's the problem. Who's going to get criticized if this deal comes off as being grossly team friendly? It's going to be the Ravens for taking advantage of Lamar Jackson, just like the 49ers took advantage of Richard Sherman and the Broncos took advantage of Russell Okung when they were represented by themselves. That's the risk. Think of anything to do this the right way. The Ravens almost have to overdo it with Lamar Jackson. And then if they overdo it, they're going to get criticized for, for allowing a player without an agent to get more from them than a player with an agent would get. It's a tough spot, but there's definitely a risk for the Ravens if they end up coming out of this with a deal where people say, wow, wow, the Ravens really took advantage of their franchise quarterback who they supposedly love, but they didn't love him at the bargaining table. They got the best possible deal they could for them, which means not the best possible deal for him. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. JPA football, Mr. Bonwell. Can you talk about the Schefter story you posted today and explain why he's still getting breaking news even with all the turmoil? Look, here's how it goes. And it's a very simple process. And it's laid out 
in the item that was posted by Ben Strauss, the Washington Post. Schefter has managed to create systematically over a course of time with his Twitter platform as the primary vehicle for this. A machine that is powerful enough to allow him to use that to leverage teams and agents and coaches and whoever for scoops. Hey, look at what I can do for your news. Why would you give the news to this one or this one or this one? You give it to me, I break it. Look at all the impressions. Look at all the people that are going to see it. You want maximum exposure for your news? You give it to me. So he convinces someone to do it. He gets more scoops. As he gets more scoops, it continues to build. As it continues to build, he leverages it for more scoops, and it goes on and on and on. And along the way, every once in a while, you just have to tolerate the possibility that in your effort to take that scoop, to take that information and turn it into the end result, which he's looking for is to be first in front of everyone else. There may be some missteps. There may be some mistakes. You may step in a little poop on the, on the way to the finish line. You won the race, but you're going to spend the rest of the day with a twig digging it. And any, anybody who grew up in the seventies or eighties and, you know, when kids actually went outside can relate to finding the right size twig that can dig all of that out of your tread on the bottom of your shoes. Anyway, the other side of it is every once in a while, you just kind of have to hold your nose. You got to hold your nose and take one for the benefit of the greater good. Post a self-serving tweet, a quid pro quo, something that carries the water for a player or an agent, like the Dalvin Cook and Deshaun Watson tweets and Schefter says, oh, I wasn't carrying anyone's water. Of course, you're going to say that. That's the first rule of carrying water. You never admit that you're carrying water. But to the trained eye, it's obvious. You'll see the tweets. When he has an agenda other than just breaking news, you'll see it. You know what it is. People who pay attention know what he's doing. It's all about making sure that he is at the front of the line as often as possible to get that information five minutes before it's announced. Vast majority of what he reports is five minutes before it's otherwise announced. And I mentioned Miles Simmons' experience. When he worked with either the Rams or the Panthers, he worked with both teams. He mentioned it on PFTPM. If I had to guess, I'd say it was the Rams, but I don't know. The idea that it was all engineered. Okay, we're going to announce this move. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to tell Schefter about it. He's going to report it. And then five minutes later, we're going to announce it. Okay, that's going to be the, the mechanism here. Because with nearly 10 million Twitter followers, you're going to get more attention if you give it to him before you put it on your own platform. Why waste the opportunity to curry favor with someone like Schefter and break it yourself when you can give him the five-minute heads up? And what's it matter? It's five minutes. The other side of it, too, and I don't, I don't know how relevant this is because Schefter's just not in that business of being critical of anyone. Every once in a while, you'll see him retweet something that is critical that was posted by one of his colleagues, but it's never his voice. It's never his opinion. He has minimal opinions, but one of the reasons to single someone out and give them a scoop is you think that part of the quid pro quo isn't just, hey, maybe once in a while you'll tweet something that's good for me, maybe bad for you, but good for me, but also you'll leave me alone. It's kind of like protection, insurance against being harassed and harangued by a given reporter. Hey, you know, if we give you that scoop, we kind of expect you to look the other way when we step in crap. 
that's part of the game too. So I've been, I've been in it for 21 years. I know how it works and I know it when I see it. And it's obvious that the Cook tweet, the Watson tweet, that's a byproduct, a conscious decision made to periodically put yourself in position to be criticized all in the name of the greater good of feeding the beast that continues to grow and grow and grow. And that is his most valuable asset, the Twitter page. If Twitter ever goes away, you have to find another platform. But you take away that 10 million follower fire hose, that levels the playing field dramatically and it causes him to go back to square one or close to it and do it all over again. All right. JR, the boss man, do you think the NFL will ever go to a 20 game schedule with no preseason to increase meaningful inventory for TV partners and fans, especially PSL and season ticket holders? I can't rule it out. I think 18 is the limit for now, but I think at some point they'll make a push to go to 19 or 20, probably not in my lifetime, probably years from now. But there's too much money to be made through football games that are meaningful. Why are we staging games that are meaningless? Let's have games that are meaningful when you consider how much money you can make from them, not just TV rights, but gambling, real-time, micro-betting as the game unfolds. I guess people could do it for preseason too, but it's just got a different feel. You're going to have a much greater likelihood of drawing people in to place bets from the beginning of the game to the end of the game when it's a game that counts. Hey, we're doing it anyway. We got 20 games anyway. That was the excuse they used to go from 16 to 17. Hey, we're already playing 20 games. We've always played 20 games. Back in the 70s, before they went to 16 games, it was 14 regular season games and six preseason games. How messed up is that? But that's what it took to get your guys ready because at the end of the season, they went home, they threw the cleats in the mud room and they, they didn't do anything. They watched bowling and ate pork rinds and smoked cigarettes. They didn't stay in shape. They needed that time to get ready for the 14-game grind. Now, they don't need that. I mentioned T.J. Watt earlier. He needed nothing to be ready for week one. Nothing. He was already ready for week one. So I could see it. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, what else do we have here? Jeremy Dodd, who was on the NFL executive committee, is this committee strong enough to get Snyder to sell the team? Also, intrigued by your background, what is directly behind you? And did Mrs. PFT help with your setup? I don't have the list in front of me of the current members of the NFL executive committee. And I think that question comes from the reality that the Constitution and bylaws would allow the commissioner, if he so desires, to refer to the executive committee the possibility of forcing Daniel Snyder to sell the team. I still don't think they're ever going to do it. I don't think they want the fight. I think they know he will fight and fight and fight, and he will sue them anywhere and everywhere in order to try to hold on to the team. So I don't think it matters because I really don't think the NFL has the stomach to try to push him out because they know what it will mean. And also, even if they win, then they got to worry about him leaking to reporters all sorts of negative things about other owners that could cause a domino effect of more owners eventually being in trouble. What is behind me? Here's where I am. And I'm, I'm trying to look without turning around. We have in the house that we bought eight years ago, they called it a wine room. It's kind of a wine cellar. It's kind of a basement. And it's got right there, it's got a little refrigerator that you keep, you know, wine that is meant to be refrigerated in. On the other side of the wall is a bunch of racks that are empty because we don't drink enough. I don't, I, I, why do I need a thousand bottles of wine when I drink one at a time? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to host 
a 10,000 person party at the house. They don't need to have a huge inventory of wine, but that's on the other side of the room. And uh, you got wine glasses hanging up. You got, yeah, I think Jill put that stuff back there. You've got uh, Ace Freely, Walter Payton, and one of the guys, Statler or Waldorf, because the, the guy that, that is there looked like my dad. And when the Muppet Show was popular, I actually bought that for my dad. And he had that on his desk at our house for years. So when he died, I brought it here. And my main goal is don't break it. Uh, but uh, it's a little, and it's got a, like you could put, I don't know if it holds hard boiled eggs or what. It's curved. It's weird. But I only bought the one that looked like my dad. It was probably, you know, a buck 50 back in 1978. But the, the, the Statler or Waldorf without the mustache, the skinny one, looked like my dad. And my dad looked like that forever. Like, like when he was younger than me. He looked like that. So uh, that's what that is. Um, not, not high end. And every once in a while, Room Raider gets involved if I'm on like MSNBC or something. So they're, they're big on fruit or like green things in the shop. One time I actually brought down corn in the husk and arranged it in a bowl back there. So uh, anyway, it, the, the best part about it is there is a router five feet away. So no hiccups, no glitches ultra high speed because also set up that you can't see is my son's PS5 with his monitor right next to the router. So maximum speed, no lagging, no issues, no problems. All right, let's see what else we have here. Let's, uh, let's roll on. Can we have a countdown clock to July 25, please? That comes from our good friend, Pauline in the UK. I was thinking of that earlier because we were having fun with the countdown clock back during the draft. I, Look, it's been three weeks now and one day that the show's been off. And I was ready to go the Monday, the first week. And the only good thing about this time off is it allows me to focus on some things that get otherwise ignored that you just don't have time for. And you kind of get your ducks in a row for football season, get a physical, you know, other things that just need to be taken care of that once it starts, you just don't have time for it. Some, some you know, business related issues, but I, I, as evidenced by the fact that I've been going on and on here already for about 45 minutes, I miss it. And yes, we should have a countdown clock for PFTOT as to when PFT Live returns. July 25. Hopefully Sky Sports will televise the show that night and I won't have a bunch of emails from our very loyal and passionate and zealous fans in the UK who, uh, and we appreciate you. There's no sarcasm there. I... I could do without the hundred emails that I get when the show isn't on for reasons that I can't control, but we do appreciate you very much. Here's one more from Ispy. There's speculation Gronk may come back mid-year. Whether he does or not, do you see that becoming an option for some players as the league increases the length of the season? I'm surprised it hasn't already happened. I thought Brett Favre was going to do it at one point, kind of like the Roger Clemens approach. I think Gronk will do it potentially this year. Remember his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, the only time an agent has called BS on a client, went public and said, yeah, I don't think he's retired this season or next season. I think next season is one to watch because I think Tom Brady's going to potentially end up playing for somebody else. And here comes Gronk. Let's win a Super Bowl with a third different team. But if the Bucs are doing well and we get to November, December, I could see him come back. And because he's a free agent, See, he's not on the reserve retired list. If the guy's on the reserve retired list, there is a hard deadline for coming back. If you're a free agent, you can come back whenever you want. He can come back. They make it to the Super Bowl. He can come back 
just for the Super Bowl if he wants to. JR, the boss man, where do you think Julio Jones ultimately ends up signing? I think there's a chance he may be done. I think there's a chance he's not going to get the kind of offer that causes him to play. And I think for any veteran player who's made a good bit of money and he's made a great bit of money over his career, when it's down to playing one more year, you have to ask yourself, is what I'm being offered worth it to me? Is it worth doing everything I have to do to play another season? And he very well may be at the point where he just says it's, it's not worth it. They're not offering enough. When Marvin Harrison was released by the Colts at a time when he was due to make 9 million, which was top of the market, he never played again because no one offered him enough to make it worth his while. Now, I think he wanted his $9 million, but he never played again because the offer never got to the point where he said, it's worth it to me to keep doing this. And I think for Julio Jones, we've seen a decline. It's real. He can't stay healthy. And that's fine. That's fine. Look, when you play football that many years, at some point, your body gets to a point where it's not going to cooperate anymore. We age, we change. For the guys entering the league, they feel like it's never going to happen. For the guys who have been in the league for more than a decade, they understand. So I, I, I think that he doesn't play. But to tie it back to one of the earlier questions, maybe he's in that category of folks like Gronk, who at the right time, right after an injury, great opportunity to get that elusive ring. Maybe we see Julio Jones. But he's got to stay in shape. That's the other side of it. You're going to jump on a team's bandwagon because they have need or because they have luxury as they get closer to a Super Bowl, you better be ready to go. So he better be putting in the work to be ready to go so he can walk right through the door, get himself up to speed on the offense. And then by the time playoffs roll around, maybe he can make a difference. But I it was disappointing last year with the Titans. And I think that sent the message to a lot of people that today's Julio Jones is a far cry from the one that we saw dominating in the Super Bowl and would have been the MVP, frankly, if the Falcons had managed to finish the job. We're finishing the job. I went longer than I wanted to today, but that's okay. Thank you for joining us. PFTOT signing off for now, probably tomorrow. Although after going for about 45 minutes a day, maybe, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be driven by the news. There wasn't a whole lot today, but we still found plenty to talk about. We'll see where we are tomorrow. Maybe we'll do it on Wednesday. Stay tuned to find out. that it's the call of the crave and when the crave calls you know what to do try the five dollar bacon bundle because the only thing better than a white castle slider is a white castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon so pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider 1921 bacon cheese slider or chicken bacon ranch slider and also get a small fry for just five dollars with the five dollar bacon bundle white castle follow your crave
Saving money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big money. 